Hello and welcome to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize, a podcast about the business side of being a creative. My name's Chris Scott. My name's Atish, and in this week's episode, we start with the first in our uh, three-part series. Three-part series, uh, New Year, New You. This week, we're talking about branding. And we dive deep into who is Atish, and why does he want to do what he wants to do? I don't know why I'm nervous about today. It kind of makes sense. I mean, what we essentially did is we we picked out a very daunting task, and in in multiple ways, the more the obvious way um, that this is sort of a daunting task is uh, that we are biting off a lot. We're used to doing hour long episodes, and you know, kind of having some space in between and that sort of thing. <clears throat> and now we're we're attempting to really really kind of push the pace on we're, we're stretching our limits right exactly uh that sort of thing like we're we're really trying to make sure we're achieving a lot today um so there's so there's a lot on that and then you know the second reason why this is probably a a, a difficult concept to wrap your not difficult but like uh the second reason why this is a daunting task is because this is um going to require a whole lot of honesty they require a lot of honesty and a lot of decision making that Exactly. You just want to put off till next year. And and I think that's kind of the thing um, in a lot of ways, actually. One of my major handicaps has been that I am, I've, I've always been um, kind of conceptually staying upstream, if you know what I mean. Right. Like, essentially, I don't have to worry about how my choices uh, affect any of my future uh, endeavors if you just never make that choice. Right. Right. And that's sort of what happened to me a lot. Like it, it happens to me in, uh, in many different, like many different times. Uh, like for instance, in school, I spent my first two years, um, just not picking a major. Like I just was doing classes and I was always like a lot more science and math driven in, in terms of that. Uh-huh. But like, I just didn't want to pick something and then find out that that was the wrong choice. You know what I mean? And, and of course there is no wrong choice, to a degree, but, but that's kind of the thing. And so I end up doing that a lot in life where I don't want to completely, um, I essentially don't want to pigeonhole myself because I'm, I'm afraid that I've had this fear too of being pigeonholed. Yeah. But I feel like those fears always happened when I was working for someone else. Mm -hmm. And I feel like what we're doing today is we're going to figure out things on how to work for ourselves. Right. That's, I think. Yeah, and and I mean that even even that idea is kind of uh, scary to me because so you haven't had an employer for I don't know how long now. I've had clients, just not an employer. Well, I mean, like you haven't been, you haven't had like a like clients. I feel like are conceptually different than a boss, right? You know what I mean? Because I uh, I've, I've had like people who are directly looking at my work, you know, right over my shoulder. That's a boss. Clients are someone who just essentially, if you meet or exceed what they expected of you i don't think they really care about your process true which is very nice yeah that's that's got to be some freedom um, uh, it's been a while since i've had a boss yeah and we didn't we didn't mesh well oh <laughs> i can see that yeah you, you like to do things your way i mean that's respectable I'm very stubborn but um I, I mean for me that's kind of that's kind of the thing that's that's honestly the next um that's the next step for for me. Mm-hmm. 
And that's the hardest one is not having like a, uh, in, an already pre-built infrastructure, you know, like now I'm going out into the wild west and if I need that infrastructure, I have to make it myself. So I think that's kind of what today is about is, uh, you know, figuring out how this next year is going to go and, and, uh, being, uh, truthful about where we are, where we want to be and the steps that we need to take in order to achieve those things. So today we're starting, we're, we've just been calling it, I've been calling it a new year, new you. I think that's like a generic term. I think that's a, it's a generic like term, but it works. New year's time. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And I thought doing it in December is better than doing it in January. Yeah, it's uh, it's uh, the same principle. You're you're getting up before the enemy, right? Yeah. And today we're going to talk about who are we? Yeah. What is our our brand? Brand right. is a big word today, right? What's your brand, Atish? Uh, or what is a brand? So, I think uh, I think there's the the technical definition of a brand, and then there's the kind of more accurate uh, obtuse sort of idea of what a brand is. So I think the technical definition of a brand is specifically referring to something that is recognized as this product, this service, this whatever. It has a name and it insinuates X, Y, Z. You know what I mean? Like we, we know that Coke uh, refers to... The beverage. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. Coca-Cola <laughs> refers, to, uh, <laughs> refers to a beverage line, right? And so we know that but but in a larger sense, it refers to all these things that they are producing, right? In in kind of uh, commercials, in advertising, in the actual product themselves, and then also you know I think they also have foundations for charity or what have you, and that's kind of in a larger sense their brand. It's it's a whole uh, story, if you will, right? So as for my brand, um, that's. <laughs> So uh, I like what you were just saying there about your brand is basically your story. Okay, yeah. Because I don't think a lot of people when people think of brand, they think of oh my my logo, my right, my uh, process, my mm-hmm. service that I sell. Yeah, it's yeah. you know I feel like br- brand should be more of like a story based thing mm-hmm. that defines what your company is, who you are as a person, and why you do the things you're doing. Right. And I, I think that's an important thing that people kind of overlook on branding. Definitely. Um, I think that that was uh, something that we were kind of uh, alluding to in, pre- in previous episodes, but we didn't quite get there. Um, I think that's, that's finally, you know, what we were talking about, the difference between executing without intention and then... Yeah, we haven't had that conversation yet. We haven't had that conversation, but I think this is where that's a crucial play because uh, I don't, I can't, off the top of my head or even in preparation for this episode, I can't think of a successful business or a person or anything like that that doesn't have a brand story like that, like something that the company is trying to achieve on a larger sense or something that they're trying to do or what the message is of this. Like you can't really think of anything that's empty calorie, like nothingness. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and and I think that's that's why that's such a, a crucial thing, um, especially when it comes to uh, goal setting, which you know we're going to be talking about in the very near future. Uh, but when it comes to taking your brand, goal setting, and then uh, 
achieving things out of that, you have to have that underlying why. Otherwise, your execution will be a little hollow and uh, not nearly as fruitful. Right. Um, so when it comes down to that, I think that there's uh, very, very discernible things and, and, and not being... Uh, not living truthfully to what your story is or what your brand is can give you mixed results. And sometimes that's not an intentional thing. Like, uh, for instance, for most of my time, I've been operating without an actual goal. Right. Like, like uh, I think I've, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I'm not entirely sure, but during my college career, I didn't actually have... Uh, any any game plan like people really really wanted to go to med school because they thought oh i can be in doctors without borders or oh like you know i'm really into uh learning about how the human heart works or how the whole human system works or whatever and that really fascinates me i never really had a anything like that the only reason that i got into, you know, STEM was because I saw people make good money off of it. You and your money. You and your relationship to money. I know. I have a weird fixation with, with so, and, and that's kind of what that intent and execution is. For the longest time, I was able to execute well enough, in fact, in a pretty high tier. But when I didn't have um, kind of an underlying intention ruling what I was doing, it ends up making you fall short eventually. Uh-huh. Or at least, you know, that was my experience. I, if anyone has a different experience where they were able to really get a positive and vivacious career out of uh, executing without any overarching intention, I mean, hit us up on the... I feel like a lot of people do that. They have the idea of, like, I'm just, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And that's like their intention. Yeah. It's like, I was supposed to go to school get a degree, get a grown-up job, work that job, retire. Right. I think that's enough for people to Mm -hmm. get through life. Yeah. And other people just want a little bit more than that. Yeah. I mean, it it, almost in a sense, um, I think that's what, uh, I mean, everybody, anybody who has listened to this show for any, like more than 30 seconds knows that I'm a huge Joe Rogan fan. I think I've talked about it in many episodes, but he has this, um, he has this little segment from one of his podcasts that got pretty famous that's called The the Life Trap. And that's what, what ends up happening is you just sort of think that like, oh, yeah, like every, a lot of people work in like these little desk cubes and do, you know, whatever, and I'm just going to do that. And, you know, you end up getting kind of stuck where you're at. And I think that's doing something without intention. So going off of that or bridging off of that, I guess, that's sort of the uh, struggle that I'm finding myself in currently is actually doing things with intention. And so I've had to take a step back in a sense and um, really kind of figure out what I actually want to do, which is why I now firmly support the idea of a gap year because I never took that. I just went straight high school, college, college to uh, a master's program. Like I just did a straight shot. And it didn't really actually provide any of that uh insightfulness but that also that i mean you know who's to blame but myself exactly (laughs) but but if we're talking about um 
my own personal brand, I think there was an undercurrent that has always been there um, that was never fully recognized until I had the due diligence to kind of bring it to the surface. And it's still a work in progress. But well, yeah, gonna, I feel like brand is definitely something that's going to evolve. evolve and grow with you and things are going to fall off and things are going to be added on. And I feel like that's okay. Right. It's okay to, you know, you're a growing human being. We're always constantly changing. We're constantly being informed on things that we didn't know about before. And that's going to affect how we want to share our story with the world. Precisely. And so I think the, um, the overarching thing that drives my brand, like what, uh, why I'm doing anything that I'm doing, and then also sort of what that means to me, I used to just call it competitiveness. Okay. Because that was the, the kind of simplistic way that I viewed that sort of thing. Um, they'll be like, oh, I wanted to be the best at school and I always wanted to be the best in the gym when I'm training Muay Thai or I always wanted to, you know, all that kind of stuff or that I read a whole lot of articles. <laughs> I had a really <laughs> stupid conversation with Charles. You were there um, about like how I <laughs> wanted to be the the one person who could supersede the the normal, I guess, tracks of male sexuality and like all kinds of... Do you remember that conversation? I, I probably zoned out. <laughs> I think you were pretty checked out. Um, but the point is, is that I've always been that person who, uh, in my eyes, I saw that as competitive. Like, I just always want to be the best. It turns out that it's not actually that I'm trying to compete with any one person or that I'm trying to compete with a population. I'm not trying to be the best in terms of that. It turns out that I just like the idea of taking a system as a whole. And so how this started, how this idea started was myself. Like I am. Finish the idea. Well, well, yeah. Um, you just said take a system as a whole and you're going to go off on a tangent. Okay. I, I take a system as a whole and then I do the fine tuning and the tweaks and everything. Cause at first it's large steps. It's obvious things. You know, if you're overweight, you lose some weight, blah, blah, blah. Easy. Well, not easy, but you get the idea. Uh, but then eventually it gets down into these fine-tuning and little tweaks and small little steps that will eventually, like, optimize you. It's impossible to be completely, you know, done like that because nobody, nobody has just, like, every idea is worth gold, you know, unless you're Bill Gates, and I'm not even sure if that's true. Right. But not all of my business ideas are always going to be genius and gold and, you know, whatever. And not all the time am I going to be completely energetically, uh, like, efficient and, you know, whatever. But the idea is to be at the top of my game possible in every aspect. And that's my personal brand. In terms of what I wanted to do with that, like, what I'm discovering what I want to do with that in terms of a career is be the person... Um, have you ever seen, you've seen Pulp Fiction? Yeah. Do you know the wolf? The Mr. wolf. Mr. Wolf? Yeah. Essentially, that was kind of the idea. But, I mean, that's diluted down to a very simplistic sort of state. But being the person that you call in when you need to have someone take a hard look and then do those fine tweaks and fine tuning. And so... Write that down. 
I think uh, you've never, I've never seen you write anything down. And I feel like writing things down makes it a hundred percent real right? and tangible. And it's like, Oh yeah, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be when I grow up. And right. that sounded really on point. Well, I mean, I guess the idea is that, uh, I, I want to be, and, and that's why, you know, when I get too specific with it, it ends up burying the lead. Um, so it's like, Oh, do I want to be, uh, like some people, do you want to be a consultant? Do you want to be, you know, whatever, uh, are you going to work with one business or with many? And that kind of ends up bearing the lead because when it comes down to it, essentially what I want to do is have a usefulness that's applicable in just, um, being analytical and solving problems when it comes down to it. When you say it like that, it sounds like it applies to individuals and businesses. Correct. So why are you getting boggled down by that? Um, that's a, that's a good question. I think the, the honest truth about that is that it's, it ends up making me do something that you've told me many times that I need to break up with. Okay. And so that's my one my, part of what I'm trying to do for this next year is really firmly break up with that idea because I keep thinking to, you know, what my accreditations are mm -hmm. or, you know, how do I, why, why am I able to tell people to do things like this? And that's a, that's a very kind of, um, that's a dream killing thought. It is. And I feel like right now when we're talking about branding, we're, we're trying to find the why of it all. Right. The origin story, if you will. Your origin story of mm -hmm. why you want to do this service, why you want to provide this service to businesses and individuals. Right. And so I feel like when you add that heart to it, when you start talking about it to people, it's going to be more genuine and it's going to feel more authentic to you. Because it doesn't matter what your accreditations are, your certifications, calcifications. <laughs> it doesn't matter as long as you are true and doing what you want to do. Right. Yeah, and I mean, that's definitely, uh, that's the part that's been the biggest struggle with me. And, and I think that that's why, uh, in, a, in a sense, I, you know, kind of picked out uh, you as a mentor in certain ways because I can imagine how it would take a lot out of you to make a movie that you wrote, that you directed, and that you filmed. Correct? Right. I was there <laughs> for all those steps. Right. I was there. And then actually having to um, have people watch it with the goal that people will buy it or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, that's kind of that, that leap that I'm talking about. There's, there's kind of a little bit of a gap for me right now um, in terms of my uh, branding. And I think that you kind of hit the nail on the head right there where it's like a, a lack of um, genuineness is not a word. Authenticity. Authenticity. Genuineness, I would think is a word, but you're telling me it's not. It's not. Um, and, and it's kind of, it's not really the same thing, but it's pretty similar in mm -hmm. that I have to be bold enough or believe in the mission enough 
to no, you, no, you just need to find your true mission, right? And or your goals, your true story. It's not about you know belief or boldness. It's just about truth hmm. to yourself. And and so in in you that was manifested in a sense that you wanted to make a movie or you wanted to be a filmmaker, and that obviously starts with making a movie. Right. So that was just something that you... It was, what what it was for me was, it was, I was 18 mm-hmm. in the middle of nowhere in Alaska. Probably not 18. No, I probably was 18. <laughs> and I was like, what am I going to do when I grow up? What's What do I want to do? Right. It's like, what's the thing that I enjoy most? It's like movies and storytelling. Yeah. All right, so... Let's figure out how to do that. And yeah, I had yeah. a Handy 8 cam, and I made a little movie out in Alaska. And everyone's like, oh, that looked really good. You should do that. Mm-hmm. And so I made another one when I came back to the lower 48, Arizona. Yeah. And uh, and everyone saw that one. I'm like, oh, that's pretty good. You should do that. So then I just, I've always felt like that was me on the inside. Mm. And that was the thing that I wanted to do. Hmm. Yeah, so... I think uh, a bit a big part of that in terms of my uh, self discovery, if you will, is that I had to be able to actually look at things that I like or I enjoy doing on a daily basis, regardless of if I thought that that had a life plan in front of it or like if that could come with a great salary down the line. There you are with the money again. I know. Yeah. I know. That's, so that's well. No. Well. That's well. That's that's what you feel most genuine with right what's that doing something that you enjoy doing as long as it has a decent salary well i think that's an idea that is useful but also a little bit um it's holding me back a little bit the 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 financial side of things right well i feel like financial stuff works itself self out eventually yeah i mean any startup is going to cost you money be pretty lean for a while right i mean how many restaurants make their money back in the first five years not even like right yeah (laughs) exactly so it's like it takes time to get to the point where you're comfortable yeah but you have to live through that right ugliness of you know pulling pinching pennies and saving your money as best you can and Mm -hmm. not buying 45 different types of pre-workout just to see if I can. Uh, I'm joking. Personal jab. That was a personal. I'm joking. Jab. I'm joking. <laughs> Free workouts very important. I mean, I'm not gonna do. No, I mean, uh, yeah. But you know, but but working through like prioritizing your life and prioritizing is it right. more important for me to have stuff and things and work at a job that I hate, or is it more important for me to be happy at doing what I'm doing than the, doing the thing that I want to do 24 seven? Yeah. And you know. Not really making a great living until you reach that point where right. you do. The, the proverbial tipping point. The proverbial tipping point. <laughs> it's early, and okay. I didn't do my vocal warm-ups. Yeah. So The scary part is the, the walk up to the tipping point. Right. And I'm still walking up it. Yeah. And, but as soon as you tip, and the, the, if, say it's going to be way more rewarding than just walking a plateau right it kind of has to play out that way because if it didn't it wouldn't feel so rewarding at the end if you got everything that you wanted i mean well no i mean not if you if you not that you're not getting what you want if you're just walking the easy life Mm -hmm. you know you're getting 
fineness. It's just fine. Yeah. It's not, you know, oh, it's so rad. Right. It's like, oh, it's fine. You're never really, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I guess that's that's the the real sort of leap in front of me is now following through with my intentions, actually executing based on them, um, really flushing out my intentions, and then and then going forth with them. Right, which is, I think is an important part of branding. Yeah, is we're gonna sit here. I'm gonna ask you some questions now. I feel like we're getting to the point where we can get real with each other. Okay, we're hopping in. We're hopping in. We're diving in. All right. Um, what questions should I ask you about branding? What? I'm joking. Why, why do you want to do what you want to do? I think, uh, I think why I want to do what I want to do comes from a, a pretty kind of large and vague idea. Um, but it's something that drives us in, in every aspect or every, you know, kind of part of existence. It's that we, I mean, obviously depending on your spiritual and, you know, whatever outlooks on things, um, the way I regard it is that this is the only 100% like, uh, given shot at the ride you know what i mean okay you could there could be an afterlife or there could be you know etc but we have no way of knowing this is the we we know this for sure mm-hmm. though and i guess the idea is that i just want everything to be a hundred percent well spent like where, where do you think that comes from is is fear of death <laughs> a driving force? Did you grow up with a huge fear of death? No, I guess it's not that. I guess uh, in, in terms of growing up, I mean, it's kind of just that my parents have had a whole lot of experience. In what way? Well, in that they both grew up in different countries And because they were so successful in terms of education or in terms of a lot of other different things, they were able to come to the United States for graduate school. They've moved around a lot. They've seen a lot. They've done a lot. And they've both been really great in their field, Mm -hmm. in their respective fields. And so I guess the idea is that, like, I looked at that. and, And the real problem with that, actually, is that my parents are old, really old. Like, it took them 10 years to have children. Right. Okay. So they're older than most parents are. So I kind of saw them once they'd figured everything out. Like uh, my mom had me when she was 42 or 43 or something like that. Whoa. I mean, but you get the idea. She had already, like, she's had so many years of experience that she was able to dial in what she did. And for me, I'm, you know, figuring out that process, and I see a whole lot of other people who are trying to figure out that process. I hear a lot of people who um, have really great ideas or who have really, you know, um, they have bigger plans for themselves, but they also just don't have that ability to get there. And so I suppose my, my sort of large why is that I, I want to not only have myself accomplish and be the most, uh, I use the term optimized a lot, but that's fine. 
but I want to have the most optimized experience. Uh, but then I also want to share that with others. I want other people to get what they want to be, to really, uh, get the full squeeze out of, out of life and, and achieve their goals, do what they want to do. That's great. That sounds like you were very uh, influenced by your parents. Yeah. I guess and the fact that. that they, they it sounds like they basically optimized their life to where these are my best years yeah. to live as an individual. Mm -hmm. These are my best years to live as a couple. This is my best years to live as a family. Right. And it sounds like you're getting a lot from that. Yeah. I mean, most definitely, you know, specifically talking about my dad, he had like two distinctly different, like he, uh, wants to be a Nobel prize winner okay. or he wants to be, he wants to be recognized as someone who made a big fucking deal in, uh, in physics. He actually got his PhD in chemistry, but you get the idea. Mm -hmm. Um, but then at the same time, he was always like every year, uh, until this year, he had to get uh, reconstructive knee surgery. But he was also always looking at, you know, all right, I'm, I'm a good runner. Here was my 5K time. Mm -hmm. I want to get that time down to this by this. You know what I mean? And so he kind of had also a diverse approach to looking at how he wants to be good at a lot of things and really kind of get the maximum out of it, mm -hmm. I guess you could say. This is all fascinating stuff. Is it? I think this is amazing. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like we have a solid why here. I mean, this is just how you grew up. Yeah. And now you just want to, like, what are some, you know, principles and values of this mindset that you have? Okay. Um, in terms of, uh, it, it's, it's actually kind of... Um, the ability or the, the large principles or the things that I hold uh, valuable in terms of this kind of overarching idea is that I kind of want to adapt myself more in positivity. Mm -hmm. um, for the longest time, you know, even still now sometimes, I, uh, I never believe that things happen to, you know, like, oh, you know, shit things happen to good people all the time or like the, that's too, that's too long or difficult of an approach. Like that's not really possible. That's, you know, whatever. I'm very limiting mm -hmm. in terms of my thought, but I think that's part of that growth and part of that optimization process is that you like the reason why there are extraordinary people is exactly in that word, like outside of ordinary. Uh-huh. And sure, like genetics and, you know, whatever can play into that. But really everyone is dealt with kind of the same cards. Not really. Like you can be born into a super underprivileged area or et cetera, et cetera. Right. But for the most part, you know, I, I have started to see how you are kind of in control to a degree, uh -huh. like how much you want it or how, you know, much you can work for something or how much that's your, those are all things that you are actually in control of. And so I think my process and the thing that I want to expound to other people is the idea that, that you are kind of the main obstacle yourself. Yeah. Right. Because I've done a lot of, um, 
especially when I was younger. Um, what do they call that? Like blaming, but I, I kind of meant in a larger term than that. Uh, I've done a lot of like explaining and blaming. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I've done that too. That the reason that I didn't uh, get into uh, a PhD program from, for neuroscience the first time I, I wanted to go was because, oh, well, you know, here I was focusing so hard on my GPA and stuff that I graduated at the top of my class and blah, blah, blah. But what they were really looking for was somebody who spent their summers digging a well in Chile, you know, like you had to have all these blah, blah, blah. And I was doing all that kind of stuff when in reality, the reason why I didn't get in, and of course this is supposition, but I believe it's a fair assessment, is because my personal statements weren't actually something that we're doing right now. Right. It was kind of off-brand, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I'm interested in doing this research, whatever, whatever. But it's probably to the experienced reader. They could read that and be like, yeah, I mean, he's technically capable. And, you know, he definitely wants to be a part of this lab. But he actually doesn't have that je ne sais quoi. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like, I didn't have that idea that I, you know, oh, my God, I really want to understand how memory is formed. Right. It's like I am interested in that and I am capable, but I didn't have the same things that they were looking for, you know, which is that deep whatever. I actually have that deep yearning, I guess you could say, uh -huh. to make it flowery and prosy to kind of figure out the underlying mechanisms of growth and success mm -hmm. and happiness and that sort of thing. And I think those all go under an umbrella where, you know, I just want improvement. And that's what I believe in. It's great. So, I don't know. That was a pretty roundabout way that I, I just... I think it was in there. It sounded like it was there's some, some stuff in there. Yeah. I mean, essentially, my, my guiding values and my guiding principles are, um, I believe in leading a very uh, righteous life. I think you intrinsically know when you're doing right and when you're doing wrong. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it seems victimless because the only person you're doing wrong to is yourself. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not doing wrong to other people, I can still end up doing wrong to myself. The idea is that, you know, I want to live a righteous life and I want to be able to really manifest control and... change within myself like i i know that i can actually be in control of my quote-unquote destiny if you will mm -hmm. and then i also want to do that for other people because i think there's a thing in there's a self-actualizing moment when you become less less connected with oh i'm a i'm a uh i'm a sales executive at blah 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 right and that's you know who you are and whatever it's like there's a part of that where you can be everything that you want to be and do better even at being a sales executive if you are able to kind of see that notion and that's that's something that's still a work in progress for me but of that course is of course to do um how do you plan to communicate these ideas through your brand oh shit um well i think this was a good start <laughs> Just saying them out loud? Yeah, putting it out there. I think unconsciously that's something that's been doing, like, you know, even with something as stupid as my social media. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, 
I recognized that I wanted to get better at, you know, jujitsu, say. And it, it's n- not just that I want to get better at jujitsu, but it's that I want to show that I've hacked, in a sense. Right. The, the, the system for growth and change and improvement and optimization and those sorts of things. Right. And so I obviously want to do that in terms of business. Like, I want to make a career out of that. Right. But a microcosm of doing that is doing it in a smaller sense and in this term, a physical sense. And so the way that I've been trying to communicate that is that, you know, every day I'm getting beaten up. And I'm, because there are people, there's so many people I train with who are much better than me. But every day I'm getting a little bit better and I'm taking something and I'm learning something and I'm appropriating that in the right way in order to be able to problem solve better next time or, you know, that sort of thing. And so I think that's something that's been unconsciously, like I've been unconsciously promoting that, mm-hmm. but now it's time to really kind of bring it home. So you're thinking of communicating this through social media, through um, just everyday uh, life? Through, through, through example? Yeah, actually that's a, that's a good way to put that. Although I, I think that that <laughs> is a very, like now I'm thinking already too far ahead of myself. Where I'm like, how do you market that? But, right. but essentially that's the, that's the way I've been trying to approach it without really knowing it until of course you've asked this question. Um, you're very good at deep, insightful, prying questions. Uh. Um, but essentially the way that I want to, the way that I want to, uh, espouse that, that idea. Yeah. Whoa. You like that one? No, I don't. Uh, <laughs> um, is I, I have been doing it just through example, but I think that, and only in a very, like, again, like I said, microcosm sorts of ways, because I've been able to achieve like the goals that I've set for myself physically Mm-hmm. And then and now exceed them because I used to be way scrawnier and way smaller than I used to be, and so one of my goals was to kind of be more of a grown person and you know whatever and be physically capable, and I've done that, but it's not over yet. Just like you know, career advice, all that kind of stuff. You may be somewhere, but you're not you're not there yet. Like, and so I kind of want to expand how I'm communicating that message. I think it could be better done. Um, like I've written. I still haven't converted the blog to my real name because I've been dealing with too much fear. <laughs> Do you think uh, this conversation is helping with that? It actually is. Do you think this conversation is going to help you figure out what to write about in the future? Definitely. So you think this is this blog is where your brand is mostly going to live? Uh, blog, the maybe, content of- maybe eventually. Um, it was an idea that I really ran with until because – Somebody um, who I've worked pretty close with for a while has always been telling me, you should write a book. Mm -hmm. And I never saw it like that because I never thought that I had anything that I could communicate that actually has any value. But essentially, if I write a blog with enough posts and they're valuable and they're tested and they, you know, actually have merit and they have... uh, systematic information in them and then I do this on Instagram and then I do this whatever I mean that's essentially the makings of a, of a book 
Well, yeah. So, I well, guess well, maybe. I'm... Well, I think not that it's the the fact that you're going to glue all these blogs together is going to be a book. It means the fact that you're once you see that you've written enough content that could fill a book, right? You'll feel more confident. Exactly. To it it write feels a book. it feels less um, alien, right? Um, <clears throat> and and I maybe that's actually a thing because that's something that I really enjoy doing. Mm-hmm. Like I um I found out. Or, or not I found out, but I looked at two people who I considered to be um, the smartest people I had in my life. Um, and that's, of course, an abstract measure. I don't really know how you measure that outside of IQ. Right. But I saw them, and that was something that I was looking at that I was like, man, I'd really like to be that. And at the same time, I'm also looking at, you know, oh, man, I'd like to be, you know, great at jiu-jitsu like David Riley. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So these aren't opposing ideas. The overarching thing was improvement in everything, like optimizing everything. And I think that they go hand in hand. They seem completely different, like, oh, man, like how does training jujitsu affect how you're learning or how you're doing whatever? I think they go hand in hand. Like that's basically my theory is that improvement everywhere um, or improvement in one aspect of your life, if you take down the core ingredients of what that is, it can be expanded into everything. Um. Uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. I don't know who said that, but... Somebody said it. It was a great quote. Um, and uh, so I saw these two people who I thought were the two smartest people in my life. And um, and they... Uh, intelligence is huge for me. For some reason, that's something that I hold in high regard. Mm-hmm. Um and I looked at just some of the things that I saw that they did, and I was trying to look for common denominators. And one of the common denominators that I found with um, these two people was that they read a lot. Like, they read constantly. Okay. And so that just meant that they were very informed and also that they were, you know, like I know critical thinking has become kind of a buzzword, but that they were able to kind of very easily adapt to new stimulus and be able to, you know, utilize that in some sort of way. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I was like, okay, this was at a point, this is when I was uh, depressed and I was living in LA and I uh, decided that I wanted to read one book. I was going to start slow. I'm going to read one book a month. And so I started doing that and then I started knocking that out real quick. I was like, okay, let's do, um, let's do, one book every three weeks, give or take. And now I've gotten myself down to, I want to do one book a week, but uh-huh. I've gotten down to one book every two weeks. That's pretty good. Um, and, you know, some of them are like more like, oh, self-help, life advice, here's how you, Six Sigma, you know, whatever. But then some of them are also just like, I, I really enjoy, um, like I liked this book about uh, Anthony Bourdain or, you know, what have you. Like I just read whatever. And now that I'm actually, this is super weird because now that I'm saying this all out loud, it's it's this is all stacking up. Like it's it's a it's a common theme. Uh-huh. I took these two people, and I broke down what I thought was impressive about them, why they were impressive, because they're not just impressive to me; they're impressive to society. Like they both. Uh, is one of them Cindy Lauper? <laughs> How'd you know? Oh wow! <laughs> I knew it. But the idea that uh, I took their over 
their overall system, and then I broke down what I thought the key ingredients were, and then I made that into a plan for myself. And I guess that's kind of what I'm trying to do in terms of a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And not just for myself, but for other people as well. Damn. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. This just got real. Um, So to anyone listening to this uh, episode, I highly encourage that you go through these uh, these questions. This has been very illuminating for me, and we've, we're only just getting started. And we're, well, we only have one more question left. Well, in terms of this, I, I'm talking about we have a, we have a whole host of uh, other episodes coming up that we... Yeah, for a new year, new you. New year, new you. Man, you're, you're transforming like crazy, Atish, yeah, already, and it's only been 45 minutes. Exactly, and I need to make sure I'm taking notes on this at the same time because I do not want to forget this. Um, I have one last question about your brand. Sure. And it's something that I kind of struggle with. Okay. But it's like, who is your audience? Who do you want to reach? Mm. That's, I can see why you struggle with that because I also kind of struggle with that. I I can see how that's a tough question. Because like for me as a filmmaker, I mean, of course I want everyone to see my movie. And like it's for everybody. Right. But it's not. It's really not. And to get specific and to like really narrow it down, if you look on like Facebook when you post an ad, sure. they're like, what's your audience? Build your audience. Uh-huh. And they give you all these things. And it's like people that like bagels and people that like, you <laughs> do know, you, breakfast foods. Do you, do you foods. have a big bagel audience? In your- I wish. <laughs> um, but they give you all these things. And it's like, this is what I, what I need to figure out to define my audience. But I think that's for sales purposes. Mm-hmm. But for, you know, your story-based marketing right. approach right here is like who would really benefit from this, from you telling the story to what group of people yeah. would most benefit from that? Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, and, and do you think that that has anything, because we were just talking about your time in Alaska and that you, you know, started filming there and then you came back to the lower 48, as you put it. No, that's the thing that they say up in Alaska. Really? Yeah, it's a Alaska is a whole different world. It's it's bizarre. I've only briefly seen. Um, it looks amazing. It's beautiful. <laughs> uh, it's a, a great place to visit during the summer. But yeah. living there, it's it's so interesting. Huh? Do you think any part of your audience that you're trying to build has anything to do with? why you started initially filming? I think maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah. (laughs) Say that again. So you, you were talking about how I'm trying to, I'm like trying to reframe the question because I know that's fucking vague. Um, You started filming in Alaska and you just did this because I mean, you you wanted to make movies. Do you think any part of and then people were telling you that you were good at it and that you should you know whatever? Do you think any part of the audience that you're trying to build is part of that kind of idea? People, um, other storytelling types, or other people who can appreciate that sort of a thing. I think that's part of the audience, but I wouldn't want that to be Your my primary okay. audience. Uh, I mean, I. I feel like if I were to target just storytellers and filmmakers, mm-hmm. that I would 
take on the role of educator mm. and like that's not what I want to do. Like I want to be making movies. It's like, yeah, I want to have like a support system and support other filmmakers, but I don't want to be a teacher to, I don't know if that makes any sense. That's my fear of no, getting I, stuck. I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, so I guess if I had to, it sounds like you're deflecting my question. No, I'm, I'm, I was using that to spur off to where I'm, I'm going. Oh, sure. You are. <laughs> but if I'm, if I'm, uh, thinking about the audience or like the people that I'm trying to attract with this, it's people who believe in a similar philosophy that I do, which is, uh, I think this is originally a Tony Robbins saying, but I'm not sure because when you Google this, it comes up with a whole lot of shit. Of course, of course. Everyone quotes everybody. But, um, can I constant and never ending improvement? Um, Anyone who kind of believes in that idea, that's kind of who I'm aiming towards. And I mean that in a personal sense, but I also mean that in terms of, you know, I, I always think of it in terms of growth stages of a, of a small company, mm-hmm. right? At first, you need to constantly improve so that you can get initial investors in or so that you can you know, actually start to build the framework and the infrastructure of your business. And then later you have to improve because you need to become profitable and you need to actually make this thing sustainable. And then way down the line, you have to constantly improve because, I mean, the idea is to do good for the world, right? I mean, everybody's, in a sense, should be. In like as, as vague as you get. Sure. Like everything boils down to that because maybe not the world, but you're trying to do good for yourself and doing good for yourself will do good for your family. I think what I think people want to do good for themselves because that's their world for the most part. Right. And I feel like people, once people realize that there's a a bigger world out there and they start focusing their energy towards making a difference in that world, that's when they feel more reward. Right. They feel more accomplished. Well, exactly. And so that's, that's kind of the way that I look at it in terms of, um, you know, business and in terms of companies. It's like, that's the idea. That's the audience that I'm trying to attract. The people that are trying to continuously build, you know, I, I don't really understand the mentality, although, you know, maybe I would if I was in that position, but I don't understand the, uh, the, I don't understand the, the person who would build up a successful company, have a whole ton of money, and then retire, and then never try anything else. Have you watched that documentary yet about the guy that started um, McPhee Antivirus? No, I haven't. Uh, it's like uh, Gigolo and something or other. I, I just saw it on, uh, it was like on Showtime. It's on right? Showtime, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I haven't gotten around to it, but I heard that guy has a crazy life. He has a super crazy life. Yeah. But the thing was, it's like he, he accomplished something, sold off antivirus, basically. Yeah. Computer antivirus, and then moved to Colorado and started a yoga colony and sold that off and then moved to South America. Hmm. And that's when things got super crazy. <laughs> But no, I think that's a very good audience for you to target. I mean, not just people that, you know, are like, you don't want to go around fixing people, right? Right. You want to help people that are already on the path of growing and changing and wanting to get to the next level. Right. And helping them realize 
steps to get to that point. And you're good at that because you're constantly doing it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's something that I'm trying to manifest within myself and I did it in very small scale ways. And now I'm just trying to expand how I'm doing that. Awesome, man. You're very, uh, I feel like you're a brand new person right now. You're glowing. Yeah. That, with that felt good. <laughs> realization of who you are. Yeah. I mean, so not to just, uh, parrot, your questions back at you, but I guess the idea is, I I guess what I'm trying to wrap my head around is why are you doing what you're doing outside of that you wanted to create films? For filmmaking. Well, this is the the thing that, uh, these are the things that I had issues with when I started out as a filmmaker. Okay. So like finding my brand, setting some goals, uh, becoming an, uh, like, like Sarah said it when she was on that podcast, like your art isn't complete without an audience. So how right. do you find that audience? How do you build that audience? And I feel like these are all things that would benefit a lot of creators, a lot of filmmakers. Mm-hmm. And every time I Google how to find your audience, they're like, oh, just Google movies that have the same story as yours and then find blogs about that movie. Uh-huh. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> like, yeah. what? Are there really that many blogs out there? Yeah. I don't know. So I feel like working through stuff like this, for me personally, in this very transparent platform, I feel like would help a lot of people. Yeah, actually, that that's um, I think you're hitting on something really crucial there because it's it's that I think a lot of people can't think in this manner for themselves. Right. You know what I mean? It's very difficult to have that kind of introspective like clarity. Mm -hmm. Um, but when someone else is directing that, like, like I'm just experiencing, like I didn't see the connection between what I've done in previous experiences and what I'm trying to do now, but it's only when you were forcing me to think about it in in that kind of a regard that that opened up. Uh So I can see that that would be the same thing in terms of, um, like any creative endeavor, like how, how can you kind of see it as a larger whole until you can take a step, take back? a step back and just be like, Oh yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Like I used to have a mindset of, if I do this, you know, if I accomplish goal, a doors will magically open and it's just not the case. Right. It's, it's very, um, like, like stepwise oriented mm-hmm. and yeah. So I feel like doing things like this is just, uh, it's giving you a, a solid foundation to move forward on future endeavors, which I think is, you know, you know uh, not done a lot yeah. by people just starting out. The idea is like, I want to accomplish uh, creating this art because that's what's important to me in this moment. But at the same time, it's like, if you tell people your why, why you're doing it and you know, your principles and your values behind these projects, I feel like people connect to it more Yeah, and giving you a, audience to want more from you yeah i mean when you look at people like um like ron howard or steven spielberg or xyz fill in the blank Mm -hmm. whatever you want um michael bay (laughs) we were just talking about right um in in that in sort of a lower understanding sort of way it's not that they're trying to do anything that's entirely different from what you're trying to do right but 
the idea is that they had to look at it, look at it as sort of a holistic approach to doing what they're doing because they obviously understand that they wouldn't be completely fulfilled doing their art unless they had people watching it or people doing involved in it right. for some reason. And so that's kind of the same thing that you're trying to build things up in a way that that you can be fulfilled creativity create fuck. Right. It's a hard word. Creatively. Creativity <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um you can be fulfilled creatively because it is also sort of uh it hinges on on the engagement of other people. Right. And that's the part that's you know the hardest thing to figure out is how that's do you a, yeah, engage with those people. Yeah. And so Right. So how do you do that? You start by figuring out who you are as a person, who you are, you know, you are your brand basically when you're a filmmaker. Well, and that's something that I actually, I saw that um, even from the the get-go, you know, if we're going to, I mean, this is very specific now what I'm getting into, but I'm trying to like conceptually wrap my head around this. Uh Um, From the get-go, I, you already had, you know, Elephant Scout and Focus Scout and, you know, a whole lot of different avenues in which you were doing what you were doing. And do those all have a connective brand that you see yourself as? Or what, what is, you know... Well, well, I was having... Uh, I've always been having this identity issue of who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I? Yeah. <laughs> and my thought was if I separate all of these things that I'm doing into individual things, it would be easier to express myself to certain types of people. Right. So like if people need pictures, I send them to Focus Scout. Right. If people want video work, I send them to Elephant Scout. Right. And now I've even broken Elephant Scout into two different things where it's a creative side and a corporate side. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's... it To be able to figure out how to show that I have uh, specific skill sets in all of those areas but not still be like wishy-washy Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying because initially, what my impression of what you were doing was actually, I was mis like I, I didn't understand mm-hmm. because my initial impression, like my idea, and this was you know a good year and a half ago, give or take, um, when I saw that you had these different kind of uh, projects or endeavors that you had, you know, your corporate work. And then you had your focus scout stuff where you're doing like kind of a model photography, that sort of thing. And then you had elephant scout, which was your creative video work. Mm-hmm. I was I, in, in my head, all I was working up to was like, Oh man, this could be like a, a creative powerhouse firm. Okay. And I was like, what he does is he gets together just like the best team and they handle everything. And then you monopolize any, you know, which of course is impossible. It'd be actually difficult to completely monopolize, but, right. But basically you get your hands on every digital creative project that's out there. But that was solely thinking kind of corporate wise. That was, I was solely thinking like, Oh yeah, landing clients and contracts and whatever, whatever. But that wouldn't be truly fulfilling to the brand that you're trying to create because you're trying to also, you're trying to be a creative filmmaker. Right. And that's the, that's the inner struggle that I've had and outer struggle with a lot of fellow filmmakers here in town is this whole, 
I want to create films and make money off of it. Yeah. And everyone was like, I, it's not possible. You can't do it. Yeah. I, I had a, I had a conversation with Jaime at, at work uh-huh. where he was like saying that you were too focused on creative stuff. And I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. Right. But yeah. But that thing, you know, Jaime is like my complete opposite. Right. It's like, he's very focused on corporate work mm-hmm. and he'll do like film stuff for funsies, you know, right. just to, you know, scratch that itch. It's yeah. like, yeah, I used to be a filmmaker. I still do it every once in a while. I'll come <laughs> down for a day and hold a boom pole. <laughs> yeah. But I've always been like, I want to, I need to make features. I want to make films that will, people will want to watch and people will want to buy. Yeah. And I don't, and it's hard to find someone else like that. And in a market that's not LA or New York. Right. In the places where Hollywood movies are made. Yeah. And because it's, it's hard to tell success stories of independent filmmakers mm-hmm. until they, you don't hear about them until they get to, you know, Jurassic World. Right. You know what Jurassic I'm saying? World was well, like, there was this movie called, it was about the future, about time travel, uh, safety not guaranteed. Oh, yeah. Have you yeah, seen yeah. it? Oh, yeah. With uh, Aubrey Plaza With and Aubrey. Aubrey. Right. Duplass. Du- Duplass. Yeah. Duplass, yeah. And that director, after Spielberg saw that movie, he's like, oh, bring this guy in to direct Jurassic World. And then he directed Jurassic World. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. Yeah. And then he made another movie that wasn't good at all, apparently. And then <laughs> he was supposed to do a Star Wars movie, and then they kicked him off the Star Wars oh, movie. Oh, no. Yeah. Well, either way, Safety Not Guaranteed was a, a really good movie. movie. It was a really good movie. It was a really good movie. So it's, it's um, like, like, I don't know. I, and I've also spent a lot of time reading other people's success stories uh-huh. and none of them are the same. Yeah. So why am I reading all of these success stories? If my success story and potentially is not going to be any of these stories. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. So I need to figure out a way to make my own. It's an, it's an individual sort of thing. Right. Which is another mindset that has recently changed for me over the last couple of years. And I think that's something intrinsically very difficult about being uh, like a creative type because how I think at least what I'm what I'm picking out from this is that like you actually like you do you know do like you're very technically proficient mm-hmm. in that you know we're doing a podcast and it sounds good you know what I mean I hope I mean not that but like you know the recording equipment blah 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 you you know how to do audio stuff well enough to make this sound good um, because I'm sure my like yelling voice doesn't <laughs> help in that endeavor but. You also know how to do corporate work that looks good. Like people like, you know, oh, yeah, he shot this commercial for us or he did this behind the scenes of our, you know, whatever retreat. Or, you know, he built this uh, video platform of my lecture series on blah, 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 blah. Right. You know what I mean? But there's something that you actually want. You are hitting on basically the idea that you enjoy at its very simplest. You like going to the movies. I like going to the movies, and I like the experience that you have when you're at the movies. Right, exactly what I was getting at. And that's what I want to provide. Yeah, you want, you want to do that. Right. Like, like there's sort of a um, – I don't want to use <laughs> je ne sais quoi since you already said that in this episode. <laughs> uh-huh. Go ahead. Go ahead and but, – But there's sort of a it's, – it's ineffable. You know what I mean? Je ne sais quoi is way better. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Um, but there's sort of an – ineffable uh people who say that they don't like movies i don't trust those people (laughs) right you know those people are crazy like i work with one of those people who's like i don't really watch movies i don't like movies 
what? Mm-hmm. Like, who? there's something different about, you know, taking storytelling to a different medium wherein we're, like, visually appreciating it and then you can you have intrinsic emotional experiences with it you connect with these things and in a sense you connect with other people based on that you and i have similar movies safety not guaranteed that we totally agree on we also have some movies that we totally disagree on totally but you know but even like back to like ancient times where like the greeks would hang around <laughs> Storytellers, you know, they would hang around. That's all they had to do. You yeah. know, it would bring a group of people together, and they would have this experience together, and it would invoke thoughts and right. opinions, right, and conversations. And I feel like in today's world, that's going to the theater. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's not watching it on your phone. It's going to a theater, having that experience. Oh, absolutely. Laughing with other people. Precisely. Like there's there's something different because you know I. I'm guilty of, you know, throwing on Netflix or something like that while I'm doing other work. I'm typing on the laptop and I'm, you know, kind of barely paying attention. But there's something distinctly different, like, um, like for instance, I, I don't necessarily, you know, not that anyone gives a shit what I plug or what I don't plug, but um, when I went and saw the movie Arrival, uh-huh. that was a fucking experience because I had only seen the trailer for the movie on mute because that was during the time where I was, I was still uh, working for my previous employer and I was doing about 60 hour work weeks or whatever. And I don't see commercials on because I watch Netflix, HBO go uh, showtime, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. I barely see commercials unless it's on Hulu. So I only saw the commercials for it on mute because the, the TVs in the restaurant and the bar were on mute. And so I was like, Oh, it's another alien movie. It came out virtually at the same time as alien covenant. So I was just like, uh, oh, wait, no, that was life. Whatever. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, this is going to be another thing where, you know, mankind is going to come in contact with aliens and we're just going to get fucking shit on and, you know, whatever. And it turns out it's not anything like that at all. No. And I knew that other people in the theater were having the same kind of realization and experience that I was having, that this was something profoundly different and just fascinating. And, you know, I don't know. And, and it kind of ramped up that that feeling for me that... I don't know. I mean, of course, that movie, I don't want to, like, say anything about it because it's still new enough to where not everybody has seen it, and they should. But there are principles in that movie that are kind of universal and sometimes esoteric, but also very, uh, I don't know. There's, there's real human connection in that, in that film. Definitely, definitely. And that was something that I, I that's what you're talking about. Right, because I had friends that didn't see it in the theater, but mm-hmm. they saw it at home, and they're having a compl- they had a completely different uh, experience with it. They still enjoyed the movie, but uh, it wasn't like as you are in the theater where you're all yeah, like whoa, and right. everyone else is like really <laughs> yeah, you know exactly, um, definitely, or even even to take it as less of a conceptual thing, um, like there's a perceptible tension in the air when you're watching like um, and so many of them have gotten so bad but like when you're watching like a thriller or Mm -hmm. a horror movie and someone's like walking down like and it's a very quiet you know uh, hallway and they're and it's dark and they're walking down and they're looking very nervous and like you can hear the music kind of ramping up a little bit and a little bit and there's a perceptible tension that everyone is sharing 
in that room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because you're just like waiting for the other fucking shoe to drop. So you're trying to evoke a kind of uh, not globalized. That's the wrong word, but like a globalized like feeling and emotion, and you know. Well, not just that, but also like uh, like stories that just motivate and like inspire people to try new things. Yeah. Uh, you know, like you, like I heard Gina Davis talk recently about uh-huh. uh, Dana Scully. What? <laughs> I know that sounds hilarious, but um, <laughs> from X Files. Yeah. And how there's a like a a boost in women studying forensic science. Really? And like wanting to be scientists and solve alien crimes because <laughs> of the X-Files. <laughs> yeah. You know, just stories like that. I and mean, like, like, uh, like sto- movies are power. I think movies are powerful and stories are Definitely. powerful. And if they can inspire people to be things they never thought they could be, I think that's a, yeah. a an amazing thing. As, um, so I know we're not exactly doing uh, homework on these episodes. Oh, we are. But I guess, so here's my dare. I'm going to scale it down from um, Lagan. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize at the time that I was assigned, because I forgot. I hadn't seen it in so many years. It's a four-hour movie. Right. I totally forgot that I was basically assigning you a four-hour movie. That's a lot to commit to. This will be much shorter. This is about four minutes of your attention. Um, you should listen to this song by Nina Simone called Stars. Okay. We all should listen to this. I think we all as a community would be better by listening to it. Is that in uh, relation to what we're talking about now? It is. Okay. Um, the I think uh, I think the end of the song, like when it's really coming to like a crescendo, and I mean, it's a sad song, but mm-hmm. um, we all have a story to tell. We all have a story to tell, and we all are affected by each other's stories. Right. And they all, you know, inspire us to try new things or to do new things. Yeah. You know, uh, like with food, like people, like even food. Like I, I tried a new burrito over at Nico's. Yeah. You should go try it out. <laughs> yeah. It was delicious, you know? Yeah. So that's kind of where I want to go with my brand is I want to be a storyteller that inspires and motivates people to be good at life, to experience life to their fullest. That's both well put, but also simply put. I think, I think that's, uh, that's something, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, have something very um, succinct mm-hmm. that that can drive it and people can experience that. I mean, yeah, so how would I put what I'm trying to do in a very succinct way like that? Like, that was, that's what I need. I need something, like, summarize that whole, like, 40 minutes. <laughs> you mean hour and yeah, 40 minutes? That that I was fucking going on. Um, yeah, so I guess my brand is um you use the word optimize i mean yeah that's that's entirely you, you want to optimize that. people's i i want to optimize people's experience both in a uh physical mental sort of space but also more importantly on the work that they do while they're here the, the things that we do the things that we accomplish mm-hmm. i want to optimize those things i want to better those things and i want to uh help make those things easier that sounds pretty succinct yeah, it was stumbling. I can I can make it better, but you're such a first time, first yeah. crack at it. Yeah, it's pretty solid. I mean, you're allowed to rewrite it. Yeah, yeah, there'll be some edits and some rewrites. So yeah, so that's the. I guess that's that's the brand. That's the brand. 
Thank you for listening to Creativize, Strategize, and Synergize. If you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please subscribe, share, and leave a rating. We'd really appreciate it. You can find Chris on social media using the handle at Elephant Scout. You can find me with at Atish Mazish. And finally, you can follow the podcast on Twitter with at CSS Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at podcast at cscottcreate.com. Thank you so much.